0: Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com. Would you just stand with me and welcome Danny Silk as he comes and shares with us tonight. storm like that and to get out of your car <laughs> I mean I don't know but uh, I would have stayed in my car I'd be listening on the radio or something right now but uh, thanks for coming thanks for being here this it's uh, we were just trying to thin out the herd because <laughs> Eddie's giving away thousand dollar bills tonight come on) <laughs> today's giving away free televisions. <laughs> oh, that's an inside joke. Well, um, it's it is our honor, our privilege to be with you guys, and um, I really do I really do appreciate you coming through all that. That was. Uh, we were thinking about staying at the hotel. We were we were get, we were just thinking about to stay. Hey, let's not even go. That's crazy. Look at that weather. That lightning's going to hurt somebody. Yeah. Um I mean, when was the last time you went to a conference where Hugh Jackman did the announcements, you know? Or should I say Israel Jackman? Whatever his name is, I don't even know what his name is. So good. So good. Well, the first time Joaquin got married, Sherry and I did his wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Joaquin and Renee had to get married before their wedding for their immigration stuff. So Sherry and I did their wedding in my office, yes. So that was the first time they got married, yes, and uh, so we go back a long way, we, we've been doing this for a while, and then we're just so excited for them to, to come and, and start a church in Austin, and then, uh, you know, do conferences and make it rain, you know, <laughs> so this is good, this is so good. So good, well um, i uh, I told some of you that uh, I would take a picture with you and sign a book and kiss your baby or whatever <laughs> wherever the wherever the book table is and that stuff i 'll do that afterwards, so please don't think I forgot i didn't forget but um, I want to get, just you know kick off just i I, I do want to um, tell you a little bit about what we're doing these days. Sherry and I left uh, Redding, Bethel Church, went to Sacramento about five years ago with Jesus Culture when they started a church there because very similarly we have this relationship with Banning and CJ and we just wanted to be a part of that so we, we, we moved. We moved our family down there and since then we've been doing uh, lots of different things. Sherry worked for Jesus Culture for three years and ran the music label and the conferences and the tours and all that, I mean, somehow, some, I don't even know, it was, it was it was God who got my wife on a tour bus with a bunch of musicians for two and three weeks at a time, somehow, I mean, we don't even know how it happened, We're, but that's what love, love will make you do crazy stuff, and... That's, that's, sure enough, that's what happened. This lady turned crazy and um, (laughs) jumped on a bus and was, and now these are her children. These are people who come to our house for dinner and borrow money and whatever. (laughs) This is is what we do now. So it is, uh, you know, it's just, it's in our, our lives really to throw our strength at people and to really to to help relationships, marriages, and and leadership cultures be as successful as possible. So we created something called the Life Academy, and I'm going to let me tell you about it. Yeah, and so um, I want to put this up there, but I don't want you to look at that code. Okay, it's because I I switched my message at the last minute, and so I'm not totally ready for you, and and this kind of gives it away. So that Lop New Zealand 2018 was the last time I shared this particular message. I'm going to share with you, and uh, but I I just feel like the tonight this is the message to give to this group of people who. Forge the waters to get here, and um, but we do have just Austin 2019 would be your um, code. So just if you just keep that in your mind for just a minute, I'll I'll move that on. Just trying to put something else there besides a New Zealand code. Okay. Um, The the Life Academy is online. It's it's an online set of classes that you can take you just go to just go to loving on purpose you can get it on it that way but um, it is eight sessions 20 minutes apiece and you go at your own pace or you can study it with a group of people has a study guide and there's about uh, there's about ten courses on there now which is about eighty classes and you can just topically pick through either family, relationships, or leadership cultures. Now, if you're here, and you are, then I'll slow them down. I'll slow them down. Okay. I understand. I know you're wet. There's cards out there that you can get as well, and they have these little plastic cards on them with a code, and you can do it that way, or you can just get on online Uh, either way. But today, oh, look what I did. I actually moved that slide over. I forgot I did that. And I just didn't catch the other one. It's half off. It's half off because you're in this room right now. You're welcome. There's your code. Yes, I even spelled it right. Fantastic. Did I spell it right? Is that how you spell Austin? I just sounded it out. I think I got it. Okay. Um so that's our gift to you. Yes. Your uh, yes, our gift to you is check it out. Yeah. Even people who aren't going to do it are clapping. That's fantastic. Um there there is a, a a bunch of stuff out there that you can look through if you don't already have it, but a lot of what I'm going to talk about tonight and t- tomorrow, it, it's it's already written somewhere and or reinforceable, which is what I want to be able to do is the reason we create resources is so that you can take it with you. Because after I'm done talking, you're probably going to forget what I said. I mean, let's face it, you know. And so it's it's best if you can check back in and you can keep the ball rolling and it's it's actually best if you can get together with some other people that are doing it too. You know, I mean this is why we come to church, right? Imagine going to church once in your life. Oh, that was good. That was awesome. I right, yeah, that was good. Yeah. No, we keep coming back. Why? To reinforce the momentum that is building in our life. That's building internally. And so what you're doing, what I'm doing is well, you know, we literally are taking Jesus up on his prayer that your kingdom would come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, amen? That is our cry, that is our prayer. Guess how that's going to happen? It's going to happen in and through you and in and through me and in and through him and in and through her. And that's how his kingdom is going to come and be established. It's going to be established in the lives of his people. And so when you begin to agree with heaven, when you begin to recognize who the Father is and you you let him shape what's valuable to you, that's called culture. It's heaven's culture coming to the earth. And it takes up residence in you and builds momentum in you. Now, we've all crossed paths with people who say they are Christians or believers, and they have a culture. It's not heaven's culture, it's a Christian culture that they learned on earth. Maybe in Texas. (laughs) Maybe they prayed the prayer, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done. Unless you find Texas here first. (laughs) Then we'll just do it the Texas way. We'll set up churches, we'll study the Bible, and we'll pour Texas culture Through the Bible. That way we don't have to change as much. Because I'm already Texan. (laughs) I'll learn some new vocabulary. Okay, I'll do that. But we're still doing it the same way. Because I just happen to think it's right. See, I travel around the world, and everywhere I go, people, people have a culture. Every country, every, every part of a country has a culture. And then, then you throw Christianity in there, and pretty soon you have chaos. Because, is the lighting in the room keep changing? <laughs> or am I having a stroke? What is happening? What is happening right now? I just thought, I mean, that was kind of cool. Whoever did that, thank you. Because <laughs> I'd really hell, rather have the light out there than wherever it was. <laughs> I think it was bouncing off this table somebody was trying to hurt me <laughs> with that ricochet light that was going on here. See, we, 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 like, to, we like to take our, our earthly culture, we like to take our country's culture, our state's culture, and, and then we like to interpret the Bible through that culture. No, no. No, no. I think all lighting guys are from the sun. Or they work at airports at night. One of the two, because they're just like. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, you know, bring earth to heaven. He said, bring heaven to earth. Yeah. And, and we're to be changed by that. We're to be literally restored to our original design. We're to be brand new creations for a reason. Because that brand new creature longs for heaven's culture. But we make it so confusing sometimes that we just take earthlings and dust them off and throw them in a church. Instead of reculturizing them instead of renewing them and transforming them. And so tonight what I want to talk about, did I leave those cards up there long enough for you to like get all that information? Sorry, I forgot those were up there. I want to talk to you about tonight, I know we sang that Jesus is everything, and I agree with that, I do. But I want to just move your attention over to something I want to talk about tonight, which is how important our internal culture is. And what it is that we're building as a a receptacle for heaven. We're, We're building a place that will host heaven unless it's already full. Unless it's already full of earth. And then we're not hungry. And we keep wondering why we're not hungry. Well, I got this, I pretty much got everything I need. I figured out the Bible. Heaven and God, got them figured out. Can't wait to go there and say, I knew it. (laughs) Some of you are not laughing. (laughs) Because you think I'm talking about you. Our internal culture is, is a prize for God. It is, it is such, it's worth dying for, really. He's like, you know, if I could get to that, if I could get to your internal culture, we could do a lot together. Would you, would you please let me in there? Would, would, you, would you please yield up control of what you think it all should be like and let me show you. Could you stop trying to figure it all out and pretending like you have the answers when people ask you? Saying you don't know is honest and acceptable. And, and, it's, and it's, it's very unchristian-like. It's very unchristian-like to say, I don't know. Well, what about this and what about that? And if that's true, then why would God? I don't know. You should know every Christian I've ever met knows. (laughs) Have you ever seen Facebook? (laughs) Which is a big problem. It's a big problem when we all have to know. Because we don't. We don't have to know. But we, we do need to learn who our Father is. We do, need to, we do need that. We need to learn who our Father is. Because as we do, then He can literally mentor the culture within us. It's it's surprising to a lot of folks that um, that what we are called to do, Jesus Jesus actually exemplified what we're called to do. So a lot of us think that that Jesus came to show the world the Bible. We are here to show the world the Bible because that's what Jesus did. Did anybody realize Jesus didn't have a Bible? (laughs) Now, hopefully it's still raining just as hard out there as it was when you came in. So you're thinking twice about leaving right now. (laughs) Is it? Praise the Lord. You are trapped in here. This guy just said the Bible's not important. No, that's not what this guy just said. No matter how many times you try to make that's what I said. That's not what I said. I'm just saying that that is not what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to show the world the Bible. But a lot of Christians have made that their mission. I'm going to here to show you the Bible. People don't care about the Bible. If you haven't noticed lately, well, the Bible says, oh, so what? Okay, then he he came to show the world the church. Here's our church. Here's a card. Come to our church. we have the best church. We have the best rules in town. This is the church you should go to. Best rules there are right here. No, no. I don't know if you realize, but Jesus didn't lead anybody to Jesus. Did you notice that? I am shattering ministries left and right, right now, right now. Hang in here with me. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Why did he come then? You're running out of things here. He came to show the world his father. He came to show the whole world his father. Which is why the Pharisees were so baffled at what he was doing. Completely baffled. Jesus walks around with heaven's culture. Pouring out of it. And the religious professionals were scared of it. And the, the lost and the broken were gobbling it up. See, the, the heart of the father is to, is to make sons and daughters. Out of as many people as he can, and then put his culture put what 's so valuable to him inside of him, and we talk about culture we're really're we're, we're, we're not paying attention really to what it is, like probably. Nobody got up this morning and said, I'm speaking English today. (laughs) Maybe somebody here did. I don't know. but but Probably not. Probably nobody got up and went, speaking English. Thank you for speaking English to me today at the store. I was good. I mean, you go some places and you're like, thank you for speaking English. But not here. Not here. Why? Because it's our culture. See, culture is this thing that you do without even knowing you're doing it. It's, it's an influence that is steering you and you're, you're not even aware that it's happening. We are all under the influence of our culture, and culture really is just, you know, what what do we share in believing to be true? What is it that we believed to be valuable. What is it that we collectively reward or punish? What do we accept or reject? What would we say would make us all happy? What would we say all make us all sad? You know, so when we think about the Olympics oftentimes, you will, you know, you, you show somebody the flag of Sri Lanka, and most people are like, don't know what that is. Yeah, so there's doesn't mean anything. But the American flag comes down, you know? And you're like, "Oh my gosh, there they <laughs> Gold medal." <laughs> Why? Because that's culture. It's just some it's just a piece of metal. It's just a piece of cloth, and somehow it stirs up so much inside of us. Because we have, a, a collectively, we have a cultural momentum inside of us as Americans. I could say the same, same thing. If I put a Swiss flag up there and I was in Switzerland, they would just all just get teary-eyed. You know, talk about the Winter Olympics to Canadians. They're like, yay. <laughs> Can't contain herself. <laughs> you got to let it out. Because it is culture, it's, it's momentum. There is a momentum inside of each person in this room around things that you've been working on that you say are valuable, things that you say you want to see more of, things that you approve of, and then at the same time, there are things that you say, that's evil, that's wrong, that should stop. And so you find other people who agree with you and you share a culture with them. And maybe you were raised in a family together. Maybe you were raised in a state together. You know, like, uh, it's, it's, for people who don't live in Texas, it is noticeable. <laughs> this Texas culture. It's, 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 it's noticeable. Like, Yes. Yes. You, you know, 100% of the conferences at Bethel Church in Reading, when Bill gets up and says, Let me go over the countries, and he lists them alphabetically A through Z. He gets to Z and he goes, Did I forget any countries? 100% of the time. Someone from Vermont yells, "No, (laughs) no!" Somebody says Texas, and Bill, Bill says, "Oh, I can't believe I forgot that one!" (laughs) Because you have trained him. (laughs) There's a momentum around culture, around what it is that we that we share as true. The Bible puts it like this in Luke 6. He says a man brings out of the good treasure of his heart. Uh, brings good treasure out of, the, out of his heart. He brings out good. He's got good momentum. That's all I'm trying to say. There's good momentum in there and it pops out of your mouth. And the evil man does the same thing. Evil has the same culture. There's a a cultural phenomenon going on inside of the heart of an evil person. And really all you got to do is just watch the mouth. Just watch the mouth for out of the mouth flow the issues of what's stored up in your heart. The momentum of your heart. You don't like what's coming out of your mouth? Change your heart. But that's momentum. That's momentum pushing its way out of your throat to give you away. Hey, look what's going on in here. Look at the momentum that's happening here. Listen to that person talk. And so we say, your kingdom come, your culture come, and your will be done right here. Right here. Start right here. Your will be done on earth right here as it's being done in heaven. Let this life of mine be a reflection of the culture of heaven. And people will know it by the words that come out of my mouth. I'll give it away by being around me very long. There's a a, a few characteristics I want to highlight. This is not an exhaustive study for those of you who are looking for something to be critical of. 'Cause what's fun to go to church if you can't like pick apart the message, right? You know what I mean? That's why I go to church. <laughs> That's too much earth. That's too much earth right there. I know I'm in Texas. let's talk about one of the key things that has to to be shaped in your heart and that is this whole idea of identity and and by identity again you're gonna you're going I'm gonna learn about your identity just by listening to what comes out of your mouth I, I will learn about what you cultivate and the momentum inside of you I will learn about it by just paying attention to how you talk I think that is Steve Backlund's daughter. <laughs> Little girl named Jessica. But I can do anything better than you. I love my whole house. There's a few things that need to line up with heaven. And, and, they, and they come out of our mouth. And for some reason, this, this is less of a stickler as it w- was just 15 years ago. But this idea, this reality that God is good. That God is good. See, you got to settle this. you got to settle this in who you are. When you get out of bed in the morning, what's got to get up with you is my father... My father is good. It's good. It's all he knows how to do. All he's got is good. So that when something happens that I don't understand, when something happens that I did not figure out, when something happens I did not plan or give permission to happen. You ever have that happen? Something happened without your permission? Do we have any parents in here? Do you have any any parents of adult children in here? Yeah, yeah, this happens every day. Oh, what? You did what? Oh, praise the Lord. Wow. Any day, something happens, you get back to, my father is good. And then you decide what to do. Because stuff happens and you get kind of blown off of this place of security. And sometimes people decide what to do there. Maybe God isn't good. Maybe I could make a case for him not being good. What kind of a good God would let this happen? I think I'll become the accuser of my father today. See, this happens in my identity. I got blown off being a son, and now I'm an orphan who doesn't have a father who loves him. And I'm going to live my life from orphan? No. No, 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 no. I don't know what just happened. I don't know why it happened. I don't know what to do about it. Except this. I will get back to my father is good. Step one. Step two. Nothing is impossible for my father. Absolutely nothing is impossible. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to change. But if I think about it very long, I've seen it work out a hundred times. I've seen so many miracles, I forgot most of them. Which I'm not proud to say in that. But I have forgotten thousands of miracles. All I haven't forgotten is he is good, and nothing is impossible. Nothing at all is impossible. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know. But everything is possible. And I do know that what Jesus accomplished on the cross ended. Ended. what was lacking, and fulfilled everything that needed to be fulfilled so that I could walk in and meet with my good, good daddy. A hundred percent of the time. There's not one not one thing that keeps me out of his presence. Not one thing that can separate me from my loving daddy. Not one thing. There's not one thing I can do to get him to love me one drop more. And there's not one thing I can do to get him to love me one drop less. What Jesus did on the cross changed everything. And my daddy's not angry with me. I don't need to be punished for some sin that Jesus missed? I mean, if you think about that, if you think about it, I mean, if, if Jesus took care of all sin, does anybody believe that? Yeah? So just this half of the room? Does anybody over here believe that? Okay, just the front. If Jesus took care of, satisfied, became the atoning sacrifice for all sin. And sin needs to be punished. And Jesus satisfied the need to satisfy sin. What over here needs to be punished? What's the saying? I mean, who, who are you to punish my sin? If Jesus satisfied all the punishment for sin, who are you punish my sin who am I to punish yours I realize I'm in Texas (laughs) I realize who I'm talking to I'm talking to a bunch of Christians am I not pretty much usually Christians come into conferences (laughs) yes see heaven's culture earth's culture I don't mean, you know, if somebody breaks a law, do they go to jail? Yeah. You know, if somebody uh, cuts you off in traffic, do you chase them down and shoot their car full of holes? Of course. Of course (laughs) you do. We have a love affair with punishment just not coming from heaven it's just not coming from heaven you're going to learn that next to nowhere on earth some countries like to think they believe that until you break one of their precious rules The work of the cross is a finished work, and you were created to bring glory to your Father. Not be polite, nice, and insignificant but to actually change the world. You are here to change the world. That's what you're doing here. But if you go to church for very long, your Christian life is dumbed down into being nice and right. Because they will know that we were Christians because we were right. (laughs) That is not how that goes. But that is, in fact, the culture of most churches. Come to our church. Come to our church. This is the one that teaches the truth. We have an excellent teacher here. More excellent than all the other teachers in our town. Our teacher has a radio program. <laughs> Stretches around the world. Therefore, we are writer than most. <laughs> they will know we were Christians because we were Right. Nope, that is not how. They will will experience Christian culture from the earth when we try to convince them that we are right. They'll experience being judged. They'll experience our piety. They'll experience... Our pride. But that isn't what's to make us famous, is it? It was something else. What was it? What was it? Nice. (laughs) They will know we are Christians because we're nice. We're nicer than anybody else and we don't stand up for anything anymore because it makes people offended. (laughs) We don't want anybody to ever be offended, so we're going to be nice. We're going to nice them to death. This is the nicest church in town. We're not even interested in the truth anymore because we're afraid of being offensive. Well, it wasn't either one of those. It wasn't being right and it wasn't being nice. It's uh, Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Love. That's what it is. It's love. They'll know we belong to him. They will be they'll they will say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, these people must know Jesus because look how they love each other. Look how they love each other. Because they're carrying. That that might get you to heaven. I don't know. That that might get you to heaven. I'm from California, but you know what? I think I yeah. <laughs> you can actually conceal carry in California too. Don't know if you knew that. It's true. I know. I didn't learn that on CNN, but it's true. You can. So we have got to nail who we are by knowing who our Father is and and be mentored in His culture and not simply just pick up what's going on in our earthly culture. And then we're probably the most courageous people you've ever met because... We're called to a great work. We're called to make our Father famous on the earth like Jesus did. Jesus pointed his whole life at glorifying his Father. That's us. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here. Is for the people to see us and our Father in heaven be glorified. I mean, there's nobody in here that's going, gosh, I hope my children are C-minus. <laughs> yep, I hope I have average kids. That'd be great. You, you're going to be average. You'll probably be below average. <laughs> you, you're probably the high achiever in our family. <laughs> no. How does that glorify you? No, you're like, yes, this is my son. He's, uh, he's going to play for the Cowboys. Yes, going to play for the Cowboys. Yes, I know. I know he's two. He's two. But he's, going, he's got potential. <laughs> He's got potential. That's why we got him a little outfit. <laughs> we want the best for our children. You think he wants less for his? No, he doesn't. And as a result, you're going to need great courage for this journey. This is, this is, there's going to be lots of things that happen that are obstacles, discouraging things. Do we have any former grads from, or any former students from Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry? Come on, look at you. All right. Be sure to say hi before you get out of here. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sherry worked there for seven years. She would come home and tell me, this this place is crazy. (laughs) It's just crazy. They're the most encouraging people in the planet. Had some little girl from Maryland get up. I think it was the first time she ever held a microphone in her hand. She got up there and went, Uh, I just wanted to tell everybody that my roommates and I are having a yard sale today and the place goes crazy! (laughs) That's how we create that prophetic culture that we want. <laughs> is we have to pick up the culture of heaven and bring it to the Earth. Earth is way too scared to be that encouraging. I did um, these little conferences at uh, Bethel, so they'd be a four-day school, start at 9 o'clock in the morning, go to 5 at night. So I was in there doing something, and this guy walks in. He's got a cup of coffee in his hand, first one there. He said, this is the most encouraging place in the world. (laughs) I said, well, it hasn't even started yet. He said, no, no, I, I drove up the hill. I parked in my car. And I got out and this, this, this young man comes over to me and says, I don't know if this means anything to you, but there's an angel on your car. <laughs> it's a warring angel. He has a sword. And he just wants you to know that you are safe and while you're away, your family is safe. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he says, I got in line at, uh, at Hebrews. I was standing there getting a cup of coffee. I was standing there, and a, and a guy behind me tapped me on the back. I turned around. And he goes, I don't know if this means anything to you. <laughs> but I just see a green angel standing next to you. And I just believe the Lord is just sending health and strength and refreshing to you while you're here over these next few days. Thank you. Thank you. He says, and while I was facing this guy, this guy tapped on my back. He says, well, I don't know if this means anything to you, but uh, I'd be a gold angel. It's as though the glory of the Lord is your rear guard. And nothing will be too difficult for you today. Thank you. Thank you. This is the most encouraging place in the world. See, that's a prophetic culture. A prophetic culture is there's a momentum in every one of those strangers that cross paths with this guy. Nobody gave him a microphone, said, hey, prophesy over him, get us all security number, which would have been Cool. I'm not knocking that, but I'm just saying that a, a prophetic culture on the earth, as it is in heaven, and when people cross paths with you, they're just they can't help but be encouraged.. And it has everything to do with handling other people's mistakes well because. The work of the cross is a completed work. And we come over the other side, free from wrath, punishment, separation. And so, there's no mistake. There's no excuse. There really is no way for you to run into somebody who's carrying the kingdom culture who has their love turned off. I mean, I always like to think of it like this. Someone boldly enters the throne room of grace. Grace. Lord, I've come to beseech thee that I might turn my love off towards that person. I have suffered long. I have endured. I have been patient. I have forgiven 493 times. And you can just see the Trinity looking at this person. I like to think it's Jesus who says, Well, we were just all so impressed with your love. (laughs) We cannot figure out how you did it. (laughs) Because we quit loving that person a long time ago, (laughs) permission granted. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Seems kind of silly, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah, so here's the deal, and I want you to catch this. The next time you give yourself permission to turn your love off and to be punishing, ask yourself, where did you get permission to do that? Because you didn't get it from heaven. Can I stop here? Because you look like you're not breathing anymore. Yeah. So here's here's what I want you to take from that. One hundred percent of the time that you turn your love off towards someone else, you are one hundred percent at fault. If you do the math real quick, that's 200%. (laughs) Heaven's culture on earth, change in earth takes great courage. It takes more courage then you can get away with just walking around as a mere mortal. See, we are calling down supernatural courage to get through our day. I need supernatural courage to get through this day being on this planet. Because this planet is filled with a spirit of self-preservation. The culture of this planet is self-preservation. Not love, not courage. We need all this courage because... We're part of setting other people up. We're we're part of setting other people up to take risks, to to try, and to fail. Now, it is very popular in the church to never fail. (laughs) Do you know how you never fail? You're afraid to risk. You're afraid to risk because it doesn't have a promised outcome. That's why they call it a risk. Something could go wrong. Something could go horribly wrong. Nonetheless, I want you to try. I don't want you to be afraid to try. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to cheer you on. I want you to act like the Spirit of God is alive in you, wanting to come out. I can do whatever I know to do to set you up to be a person who is rewarded for taking risks. I don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know how it's going to turn out. But we all know how it's going to turn out if we don't believe. We we all know how it's going to turn out. Boring. It's going to be reduced down to us, huh? It's going to be reduced down to our natural ability to do heaven. And so we want to surround ourselves with people who at least try. We at least try. I mean, I've grown up under the leadership of a guy who creates a testimony culture around him and has had children. This guy creates a testimony culture around him. Why? Because there's testimonies all over heaven. Oh, you know what happened today? You You know what God did today? We sit around every week for two and a half hours. Telling testimonies, supernatural testimonies of what had happened. What had happened. Two and a half hours every week. Finally, somebody has to say, stop telling testimonies of miracles. Stop it. (laughs) Not one more. Sorry. Sorry. That's all we have for today. Why? Why? So that everybody leaves that staff meeting, ready to get blood on their sword. You may be the only person that other people know that actually believes that miracles could happen. Keep telling the same one over and over. That's what we did until they were happening all the time. We just kept telling the same one over and over. I was in Colorado a little while back and this young lady comes up to me and she says, hey, I, my husband and I did your uh, defining the relationship premarital course uh, uh, last year. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, or a couple years ago. She's like 26, so she was like 22. So this was a few years. And I said, well, that's great, you know. Um, where's your husband? She goes, oh, he's, he, he's not here right now. I said, oh. She said, um... On our on our honeymoon, um, he started getting a really bad headache, and then pretty soon he uh, he couldn't he couldn't see. And so we went to the doctor, and the doctor said that he had a tumor on his brainstem. And and by the looks of the the MRI, it looked like the tumor was wrapped around the brainstem. He said, if this continues, what's going to happen is his, his lungs are going to shut down and he's going to suffocate. He's 23 years old. The doctor says, I would like, with your guys' permission, to just open it up and see if that is, in fact, what's going on. And they said, yeah, well, that's what you think we should do with that. Let's do that. So they get him to the hospital and get him into the operating room. They're praying in the different rooms in the, that floor. The church is praying. And the doctor opens up the back of his head and sees the tumor. And that it, it has, in fact, wrapped around the brainstem. And the doctor, as soon as he sees it, he thinks to himself, this boy is going to die. There's nothing I can do to help him. As he thinks that thought, the tumor begins to unwrap itself from the brainstem stem and sits up on top of the incision. What was it that was impossible again? Nothing. He wasn't at the conference because he was at work. Mm-hmm. I just want to stir up your faith. Here's the killer of your risk. Your risk-taking behavior stops right here when we become afraid of what other people will think if we're not perfect. Well, let me tell you something. People already think you're not perfect. (laughs) So I'm not exactly sure what you're so afraid of. afraid I'll get myself into a situation that I cannot explain you never been to one of those before you must never leave the house well I don't want to give someone false hope well then don't give any hope at all well I don't that's my ministry These are the things we say to ourselves. <laughs> Why? Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what other people will say. And so I, my life just shrinks down, shrinks down, shrinks down, shrinks down. And I don't need any faith for this life. But I'm Nice. I am nice A friend of mine in uh, latin america he's uh, he, he's a he's a pastor he has a supernatural ministry school he has students flowing through there every year he's coming up to Bethel year after year I've been down to his place a few times and um, he he and I were on a Skype one time, and he was just—he just—he just looked discouraged. I said, "Dude, what is going on with you? What's what's the matter?" He said, "I don't know. I think I'm gonna get out of the ministry, go into business." He said, "Oh, what are you talking about?" So I, I just—you know—I just—I just so discouraged. I said, "Oh, there's people. Is this school's small. Is this church is small. And I feel small. I'm just gonna—I'm just gonna." And am going to go do something else. That's what pastors do. They're either going to go sell cars or insurance or something. If you sell cars or insurance, I'm not, I'm not. Even if you're a former pastor, whatever, I don't care. But not this guy. Not this guy. I said, when was the last time you got out in your city and you were doing treasure hunts? I don't know if you know what treasure hunts are here, but you know, you pray. The Lord's in these red hat, Starbucks. You're like, okay. Oh, this guy's got a red hat. I don't know who you are, but you're on my treasure hunt. I don't know. Lord, do you have any pain in your left knee? My knee hurts all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah, yeah I do. Is your, name, is your name Chuck? How'd you know that? You're freaking me out. I don't know. Can I pray for you? Yes. And here we go. Boom. Heaven shows up. Miracles happen. It's, it just goes on. It's, if it's a thing. It's a thing. If you don't know what it is, ask Eddie. And see if you can get your thousand bucks from him, too, because he's. I said, when was the last time you were out there in the city doing that? I mean, this is what you're training these students to do. When was the last time you were out there doing it? he goes, I oh, a year, I don't know. I said, okay, do not talk to me again until you have been out there for at least a week. And I shut my computer. So a week and one second later, (laughs) he called me. And he says... You're not going to believe what God is doing in our country. I cannot believe what I saw this week. It's amazing. We are going to take this entire country for Jesus. I'm going to start four more schools, and I'm going to open ten more churches. I said, I thought you were going into business. Practice, 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 practice is really what keeps the fear of man away. You gotta keep wading into those places that are so so scary, so intimidating, so so occupied by your enemy. Well, I don't know where you're called, not everybody's called to be an evangelist, but if you if you're scared of doing that, go do it. If you're, if, you know, if you're afraid of confrontation, go do it. If you're afraid to give a chunk of money away, come here. Whatever it is that you're afraid to do, go. Go get it. You know that's your land. If you know know that's your land and somebody else is occupying it, go do the stuff. Go get it. Go push it back. Your kingdom come right here. But it's going to come through your practicing it. That's what we're doing. Amen. And remember, this isn't all about you. Which is hard. It's hard to do. It's so hard to do. I know I'm in this. I know. I know. I mean, sometimes we think, we think everybody's watching us. That's just your neighbor's. we we so often we we do think that that what we're doing is 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 building our kingdom you know, it's, it's building our world it's it's it, it's building our name and that's not at all what we're doing. do you ever see the the miracle on ice not the Disney one but yeah well it is Disney but not this not the ballet um. It was a hockey game. It was, it was when it was when probably people in Texas found out what hockey was, right? Was <laughs> the 1980 Olympic Winter Olympics were, were, were going up against the Russians. You know, now, this is the way to have a war right here <laughs> on ice. So Herb Brown is the is the coach of the 1980 Olympic hockey team, and. Um, He's got amateurs. These are amateur players because the pros have, we've not yet figured out how to get the pro players out there, so we're still back in the amateur days. And so he's got, he's got, you know, the best college hockey players that he has to assemble on the same team, right? Except the best college players hate each other, right? Right? they hate each other because that's what that's who they war against on the other on the when they play right so he's got you know he's got the Minnesota Gophers playing the Michigan Spartans playing some other frozen town <laughs> and they come together and you know, he's like okay who do you play where do you go Minnesota Gophers like can you think of being more afraid of any animal than a gopher? I mean, come on. He's got these players that are just, they identify with the the where they're from, not with who they are. And so he's trying to figure out what to do because they just tied, I think it was Sweden. And they go, like, oh my gosh, this isn't even the Olympics and you guys are not even... Your head's not in the game. What are we going to do? So it's after that game. So he played a whole game, and now he's got him skating lines back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now, we're not going to do that to you. <laughs> but this cannot be all about us. As we bring his culture into our lifestyle, it becomes a lifestyle that says, you know what, I am, I am here actually to lay my life down. That's actually why I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to give my life away. I'm here really to convince other people that their life will benefit as a result of them knowing me. That's why I'm here. On this planet of self-preservation. The reason I'm here and the way I reflect my father's kingdom here is I'm actually here to lay my life down. Then I've learned how to find value in other people, whether they remind me of me or not. Classically the way we think honor operates is I look at somebody and I go, Oh, good job. Good job. I would have done that. That's fantastic. I really can appreciate that about another man. What? I value the same. You know, you remind me of somebody I love. Who is it? Me. (laughs) I love all the me in you. We should get together. That's what Jesus did. He came to earth and he looked around and he went, look at all the me in them. No, that isn't at all what happened. See, we, we get so enamored with our own values. We are so impressed with our own characteristics. It's the, it's, only, it's the only thing we really know how to value about someone else. I want you to think of somebody who won a national election... <laughs> that you did not vote for, okay? In the last 10 years, somebody won a national election that you did not vote for, okay? You got them? Got it? Okay. When you hear their name, when you see their face, when you hear their voice, what do you think to yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian and I... I honor those who are in authority over me and I just want to say thank you for all that you poured into that position. I know it's not the easiest thing in the world. Way to go, way to go. No, probably not. Why? Because when you hear their name, when you see their face, when you hear their voice, you think to yourself, there is so none of me in you. What would I honor? I only honor myself in other people. See, First Peter tells us to honor all people. And then goes on to say, honor the king. Honor all people. Well, I wonder who that leaves out. Well, Brother Dunn, it really depends on what the Greek word all there means. (laughs) Guess what the Greek word all there means. Dang, yes. (laughs) Heaven's honor doesn't work the way earth's honor does. It isn't based on whether I find any of me in you. It's based on whether he was willing to die for you or not and i honor that in you we honor all people they will know we belong to him because we look like him and i am more than ready to invest everything i have into your success to make disciples and and disciples aren't people that i necessarily control As a matter of fact, they aren't people I control at all. As a matter of fact, I don't control anybody. I have my hands full controlling myself. (laughs) So controlling other people will just not be part of the way I interact with other humans. But I will invest. I will add to their success, whether I am glorified or not whether they protect what I gave them or not. Any parents in here? I arrest my case. We don't control those people, but we invest towards their benefit all our lives. And so these are really the things I want you to just turn your attention to that are going on in heaven, that we have not enough of here. And it comes out of our mouth. It comes out of our mouth that we don't have enough of these things. And so that internal momentum is pointing the wrong direction. And we're spewing out all kinds of earth because that's what probably the people around us are doing. I'm going, amen, amen, amen to that, amen. I love all the me and you, brother. How about me? You love love me too? Yeah, amen. Instead of looking at our Father and saying, help me change my heart. I want my life and my words to look like you and sound like you. I want the world around me to be convinced that, that I belong to you. And that's what I see happening here as I come back. Trip after trip, and all the trips, I'll be coming back. I'm telling you, this is a fun place. You got some good food here, too. When I was a little boy, um, the the wealthy people had an above-ground swimming pool. I'm from Weaverville. And they had these above-ground swim pools that were, you know, they're probably only four feet tall, but they were this high. You know, they were this deep. They were like, oh, my gosh, we could all drown in here. <laughs> and so we would, we would get in the neighbor's pool, and we would splash around, and pretty soon we had tossed out every toy that was in there. And we're looking at each other like, what are we going to do? I don't know. But well, we can't get out because we'll get dirty. <laughs> so we started Walking around the outside of the pool. Walking out, you know, grabbing onto the side because the water is resisting us. The water is like, ha, ha, ha. You can't move me. Oh, you were little boys. And we were little. We're like little sticks of humans. We're like, like 70 pounds, you know. And we're pulling on the side of the thing. We're all going in the same, same direction. And the, the water just didn't move, we just kind of cut through the water. But we kept going, we kept going, we just kept going, just kept going in a circle, going in a circle, going in a circle, oh, try to make ourselves bigger. <laughs> and pretty soon, pretty soon you could see a leaf on the water, it's moving, it's moving. Like we're moving the water, we are moving the water. We just kept pushing, kept pushing, going in a circle, going, get bigger, open your hands, open your hands. Put your face in it. <laughs> and before you know it, this water's moving. This water's moving. This water's moving faster and faster. And before you know it, you're like, woohoo, we're winning. And you can pick up your feet and be carried along. Now the water's <laughs> pushing you. You're like, yeah, put your feet down. Put your feet down. Push, 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 push. And before you know it, the water kind of starts to move to the outside. It gets shallower in the middle. And some neighbor kid comes over. What are you doing? You got a river in a, in a bucket. That's amazing. And he jumps in and he's just bobbing around. He's just bobbing around. He thinks this has always been there. He doesn't know how much work it took to put your feet down and push. And before you know it, you got you to teach him. You got to teach this neighbor kid put your feet down and push, put your hands out. Put your face in the water. We need your help around here. We need your help around here. So we got to get some things right. We got to get some things right. If we're going to bring heaven to earth, we got to be sure we're looking at the right culture. And we're not just giving earth the best version of earth we can come up with. Amen? Amen. All right, let's all stand together. I want to tell you that, that the number one export, the very best export that you have in any of the churches represented in this room is your culture. Your heavenly culture is the very best export you have to your community. I know you're doing good things, you're doing nice things, you're doing helpful things. But if you're not bringing heaven's culture they can get that at the Red Cross. You know, they can get it at the Kiwanis Club or the Rotary or whatever. But what I see happening here that I'm so happy to see, what I'm so happy to visit, what I'm so happy to hear about and know about is the kingdom culture that is gaining momentum. It's gaining momentum. I mean, I mean these people come out in this kind of weather Come on, there's some hungry people in this room. Come on. There's some hungry people in this room. Yeah, we want to see more of heaven. We want to see more of heaven. We want to, we want to see more of heaven coming out of our lives. Amen. Amen, okay, grab onto somebody next to you there and just just tell them, get ready to push. Come on. Come on, get your hand, open your hands up, open your hands up. Get your face down in it. Come on, get ready to push. We're adding to the momentum. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit come in this place. Lord, we need your help with our hearts. We don't want to be reflecting earth to earth, Lord. We want to be reflecting our loving Father to this planet. Lord, we want to bring heaven. We want to bring Your will to this earth. We want to see happening all over Austin, all over Texas. I don't know if there's anything outside of Texas, but Lord, if there is, we want to see heaven get that too. <laughs> Put your hand on your heart and just begin to just ask the Lord to deal with your heart. Yeah. Deal with my heart, Lord, and everything that would put any obstacles to your kingdom, to your culture Lord don't want I don't want to get get away with one day I don't want to get away with one more day doing it my way Lord. Right. Come on. We want to show everybody who you are. We want to show everybody how you are. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com.